welcome to More Than Sunday, the podcast that aims to help you on your journey of discipleship, not just on Sundays, but on every other day of the week as well. You're listening to episode 10 with me, Eve Powers and Hannah Malcolm. Double figures, Hannah. I know, 10 podcasts in. We're so grateful to have the chance to share these discussions with everyone. We really hope you are still finding More Than Sunday an enriching experience. As ever, we welcome your feedback and responses to what we discuss during these podcasts. You can email us at morethansunday at manchester.anglican.org or tweet using the hashtag morethansunday or join our Facebook discipleship group and start a discussion of your own. Our theme this month is witness. What role does being a witness play in our discipleship? I suspect we're going to discover it's rather a big one. Yes, witnessing to the work of God in our lives is a vital part of any discipleship journey, but it can be really hard to do well. So here to discuss witness with us is Jamie McKenzie, our diocesan local ministry officer. Hello, Jamie. Hello, morning. And uh, can you tell us, first and foremost, what your job at the diocese entails? That's a very good question. I'm sure a lot of people would like to know (laughs) that. And my job is really working with uh, our lay people in the diocese, um, making sure they're trained and equipped and getting excited about their faith um, so that we can move forward in our churches and and keep them growing and and keep them vibrant. What does discipleship mean to you? I feel I've arrived. As a a follower of the podcast, that is the question. Welcome, welcome. I've been preparing for it and I I can't get it quite right, but I've been thinking about it. And for me, discipleship is something to do with um, the invitation to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and what that means as you grow and learn and follow him. Uh, and it's something that's real, it's something that's vibrant, it's something that, that continues from the moment we receive that invitation to the moment we breathe our last. Lovely, thank you. Deep, profound. Oh, good start, good start. <laughs> so if we're thinking about witness then, what is it that you think we're witnessing to as a disciple? So what's the, what's the thing we're inviting people to take a look at that we say that we've seen and want to share? That's a really good question. You know, I think the temptation is that we feel we have to be a witness to, to the right answers, to the deep questions and, and um, to defend Christianity. But I think what we're really called to witness to is to um, a God who absolutely loves this world and loves people and wants to interact. And and our witness is about um, giving people an opportunity to see that and and to engage in that and therefore to view their lives and how they view the world and their relationships completely differently. What do you think that um, that witnessing looks like? Like if we, if we um, for people listening and for us actually as we think about it, if you're imagining a scenario where someone's doing some witnessing, what comes to mind? Because I'm sure for people listening, there's all kinds of different things that might come to mind for them. Some of it might be really positive, some of it might be quite negative. So what images come to mind for you when you think about what witnessing to someone means? Yeah, I, th- I think it's changed over the years. I think originally when I thought about witness, it was someone maybe standing on a soapbox uh, or wearing one of those mm. boards. Uh, and The end is nigh. The end is nigh, <laughs> yeah. And giving it to people, whether they like it or not, and sort of shouting at people and, uh, and, and kind of um, ramming it down people's throats. But I, th- I think over the years, what, what I've come to see it as is it's just the way you live 
where you are. So witness can be a conversation at the school gates, it can be a conversation whilst you're waiting in a queue at the supermarket, it can be speaking to someone in, in the doctor's surgery. So for me, I think I think it's kind of changed from something that's kind of rehearsed and something that involves particular language to, to, to something that is, is just more relational and more natural. That's interesting. I think um, if you're thinking about it from a secular sense, the word witness is to observe and to watch something from a distance and obviously what you're talking about is to live out so obviously witness means something different in our context for me who's i still think i'm very much learning about a lot of the language around a discipleship can you sort of explain how or either of you how how do you get from observing something and witnessing something in that sense to living it out acting it out i guess when i think of the word witness what i'm um the relationship I'm during between that and then what it means um, for my own faith is that I'm I'm saying that the way I live my life is a response to response to witnessing what God has done for me. And so I act as a witness. You can imagine then if you're thinking about someone that comes into court who's a witness in a case, they come as a witness to something they've seen and they are sharing their experience of what they've seen. And so then what I what I share with people about my faith, the way that I live my life as part of that is is witnessing to what I'm claiming that I, I know about God, mm. what I've seen of God, um, you know, in my own life. And then also um, uh, what I read about Jesus in the scriptures, um, like we might think about the earliest disciples as being the direct witnesses um, to Jesus. Um, uh, the women at the tomb being the first witnesses to Jesus being resurrected, and then they go out and share their faith. So they, they're responding to something that they've seen, that they've experienced. And I guess we might think about that as being the same for us today. And I wonder, Jamie, you mentioned that your understanding of what witness means has changed over time. Is that something that's happened um, as your journey of faith has moved forward? Um, we're talking a lot about what it means to share our faith. I wonder if you'd be willing to share a little bit about how that faith journey has changed for you. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, when I think back um, to when I first came to church, we weren't from a church family. So I came to church as a teenager, uh, and the only reason I came to church was because there was girls in the youth group. <laughs> um, so some call that honey trap evangelism, a special, <laughs> special kind of witness. Um, so I came with no understanding of, of the language, of the, of the background, and... And the witness to me at that time was, it was the way the leaders and the people at the church treated me, because I was a pain, I was really naughty, and I caused them lots of problems. Um, but they stuck with me and they invested in me, and a, and a couple of the male leaders invested in a group of us as young men, and they'd take us out hiking and they'd take us out and playing football with us. And I just kind of reached a point um, when I was in a particular service and I was watching all these Christians um, kind of worshipping and I just kind of thought, I don't know what it is that they've got, but I don't have that. Whatever it is, I want it. So I stayed behind with my youth leader um, after one of the services and I just kind of said, you know, you have something and I, and I see it in you. I don't quite know what it is, but the way you live, your witness of that is attractive to me. Um, and um, he, he said a little prayer with me uh, and that was kind of my journey into into the church so it, it was interesting that it wasn't through um, you know a particularly targeted witness or a program it was it was a relationary mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. but when I became a Christian I was 
very excited about it and I was very zealous and I became a bit like a car salesman I think <laughs> to all my friends which you would do because I wanted them to have that experience but uh, but I looking back I was so zealous I think I was a bit too black and white in the way I was saying it to people but it's, it's because I was excited mm. um, but it, it took me a number of years to realise actually that the most important thing is that the people watch you over time and you can say whatever you want but 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 the big thing is it is the witness of your whole life how you live what happens when you mess up how you come back from that and actually I began to realize over time that that's what made the real impact on people was mm. was that kind of long-term investment and them seeing not just what you said but how you back that up with 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 your lifestyle yeah I guess um, if we go back to uh, it's making me think if we go back to our little court case analogy that you've got your witness who's in the stand and that's great and they're going to give their account but then what happens next is that their you know their background is dug out and people pull out all the thing oh why should we believe this person are they a credible witness mm. you know were they drunk were they doing x y and z which means we can't believe their story and I guess there's a similar sense that there is for us as Christians that actually it's all very well saying stuff that we know is true but if our lives aren't credible to people, then that witness won't be believed. Um, so, yeah, that's I think a lot of us experience that um, over our faith journeys that we, you know, you have to, I don't know, I, I know for myself that you learn from, like, the fa- your failed attempts at witnessing to people and usually it's because you've done something stupid or you haven't honoured the relationship above all um, or you haven't been credible to them. Um, and I think that's I think that's something that's really familiar for people um, in their discipleship journey, in the experience of witnessing. Um, I wonder whether there's I wonder whether there's an awful lot of fear that people feel about sharing their faith with people because they think, oh, I'm not really a credible witness, am I? Because you know they won't take me seriously, or yeah. oh, I don't know the right answers, and so I can't share my faith. Or what if people just laugh at me? Or what if I'm being rude or offensive? And I wonder if you have any thoughts about that. Are there ways that you've worked through some of those fears yourself, Jamie? Or maybe you still just have all of them, and that would be <laughs> helpful to hear too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think um, that confidence thing is such a big thing. Yeah. But I think that's because we spin it wrong. I think if people feel under pressure to say the right thing, then they're going to worry about saying the wrong thing and they're going to worry what people say. Um, but that, I mean, a really, really helpful thing to me, I think, is, is seeing it in the sense of storytelling. Your story is so unique to you and your understanding of God, and that includes all the ups and downs as well, and the good bits and the bad bits. And if someone asks you something, rather than, than, than feeling the pressure of of some rehearsed line or or figuring out, remembering how to draw a bridge to life on a napkin so you can lead <laughs> someone to faith at every opportunity. I think there's something so real and organic about sharing your story and your understanding of that. And I don't think, I think one other thing as well is we, we use the word confidence a lot. Uh, and But I really think that I keep hearing this this change of word. I've heard it in a few places. I'm not sure where it's from, but it's it's about being courageous rather than confident. Because mm. some of us will never feel confident, 100% confident to talk about our faith and learning to do that because it can be quite a private thing and it can be something that being British and particularly being Anglican, we don't always talk about. <laughs> but actually, if we get courageous, it's about feeling that fear and, and, and kind of giving it a go anyway. Mm. But I think, we, I think we need to practice. I think some of us sit next to people in our churches and have done for years and years and we don't know each other's stories, actually. 
are real stories. And I think, you know, as Christians, we need to get used to, to telling our stories to each other and sharing that so that when other people ask, rather than it being a rehearsed line that comes out, you know, like it being a bit robotic, yeah. that we can learn how to tell our stories of, you know, I think every single one of us in a couple of minutes should be able to explain, you know, when we first discovered God and what that means to us in our lives. It's two very simple things and to and to practice that with each other so that so that when people ask we can like the Bible verse says, given an account of the of the faith that is is within us. Right. So it's like being this credible witness in the stand then isn't like being a super Christian. It's not like being uber competent, but it's about um, being having integrity. Um, it's you're making me think of uh, where Paul talks about having our confidence in Christ and that um, grace is sufficient for our weaknesses and that we actually boast in our weaknesses um, so that Christ looks even better. And I guess we can sometimes get mixed up where we think about trying to be credible or, in, or you know, having lives that point to Jesus that we think that means we have to be super Christians rather than being honest um, and having that integrity that people can recognise. Um, I think that's really helpful about sharing stories actually in our church communities first um, because that can just be an encouragement for each other as well. I, I can't think the last time I like shared my faith story with someone sitting next to me in church. I think that's a really helpful challenge. If you can't say it to somebody sat next to you in church, who can you say it to, really? Right. Yeah. It's so much more frightening to go and talk to somebody <laughs> who doesn't go to church or who has no interest in becoming a Christian or faith in general. Yeah. It's much. You'd think it'd be easier to talk to somebody sitting next to you, but maybe that's half the battle is talking at all, isn't it? Yeah, I, I love that thing as well about it. Witness isn't about being perfect this this world doesn't need holy than thou christians lording over people yeah. uh, what this world needs is is to see people that stumble and fall and mess up and struggle like everybody else but have this relationship with a god that somehow helps them to to deal with that and, and keep stumbling forwards and and that's the witnesses you know i'm just the same as you but i've met this amazing god and 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 that just gives me this extra help this extra support um, and I think that is far more attractive to people than hearing this perfect gospel spoken by a seeming perfect person that they feel I can never be like that because I'm too broken or I've got this baggage or I've got this history. Mm. And I think it's far more real for people when, when they see another real person living just like them, but there's something about them that's just that bit different and, and that is that relationship with God, that is that faith, that being part of a Christian community. And I think that's... You know, we need to drop the baggage of, of trying to be perfect and trying to get our words right and feeling that we have to be something that we're not because mm. it's vulnerability and authenticity uh, that attracted me to faith because yeah. no one was, you know, telling me certain things. They were just loving with me and living with me and journeying with me and it was me that actually asked them. And I think if you live your life in such a way that people ask you the question, then that's far easier to respond to in terms of witness, isn't it? If someone's yeah. asking you the questions... Um, that's far easier than you feeling you've got to manufacture a scenario or a situation to to do a kind of, um, you know, heavy kind of get someone in the headlock and <laughs> not let them go until they've relinquished their, uh, their life and, and given their life to Jesus, you know. Is there such a thing as witnessing to yourself? It took me a long time, a long time to admit to myself that I liked going to church and I went to church for more of a reason than just because, oh, I just, you know, go to church because I like singing and it's nothing more than that. Mm. It took me ages and I think I'm still kind of getting there, to be honest. But in the last couple of years, 
I mean, obviously I work for the diocese, so I understand it, the value of it in, in the practical sense, but it took me forever to get there to admit to myself that I was going for a reason and that there was something more to it than just it's a good place to learn to sing, you know. Is that? Do you think that's a struggle for other people, or am I am I alone in this? <laughs> well, up to Christina. I love to. I am. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I am not now, but yeah. I was. Yeah, I think absolutely, and I I think um, it's not just when you're coming to faith that the the witnessing to yourself is important, but actually, part of what we're witnessing to, if we're saying we're witnessing to what God has done in our lives, I think one of the things that's very easy to do um, because of human nature <laughs> is that we remember. We remember the bad stuff, we remember the struggles, and it's very, very quick. We're very, very quick to forget the good things that God has done for us. We're very, very quick to forget to say thank you, to be to be grateful, um, to remind ourselves of the good news that mm. we supposedly want to share with other people, um, but that we don't actually think about as particularly good a lot of the time. So I absolutely think that like, yeah, witnessing to yourself is a it's like a real discipline to to like remind yourself of what you say you believe about who God is and and what God has done for you. Um, Yeah. I was wondering, Jamie, the other thing that was coming to mind when you were talking was the the problem that I think we often get as well, that thinking witness is something for the the professional Christians, the ones that are paid to do it, and they're going to be much better at it, so we should leave it up to them. And you work particularly um, looking in lay ministry and equipping people and empowering people who are lay members of churches. Do you think we need Um, a buzzword check there? Yeah. As in lay. Yeah. So firstly, Jamie, can you tell us what does it mean to be lay? And then tell us a little bit more about um, how you do that work. Yeah, I mean, we we use the word laity quite a bit in the Anglican Church, don't we? I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it comes from the Greek word laos, which just means the whole people of God. It just means it means all of us to to a certain extent. So when we say when I work with lay people, I'm working with everybody. Yeah. Those those who are not necessarily ordained, but those those who attend and those um, who who come to church. Yeah, I think that some people definitely have a kind of gift for for witness or, or evangelism or the e word as we call it because <laughs> it's scary. Uh, and some people, you know, we think back to the Billy Graham missions and those great movements and great speakers and people coming to faith. And there are people that definitely have that gift and that skill and ability. But I think what we're coming to understand and realise as a church is, you know, we can have people that are really good and, and speak, but they're not the people at the school gate. They're not the people, you know, living alongside people in communities or, or visiting an elderly person or bumping into someone at the post office. And actually that's where real witness happens in the everyday normal stuff of life so we can professionalize it and we and we can get worked up about about getting it right and and i can't do that but actually if you break it down to to much more normal stuff those everyday interactions how you love people how you respond to people how you how you listen to people then actually it becomes something that everybody can do and it becomes something that is that that can actually be go from being something scary to actually being really quite exciting because it's not just about you forcing things it's about you listening to how you can respond to people or listening to the work that that, that God's already doing that you mm. can enjoy join in with and sprinkle you know salt on it and, and be light in that situation so 
but I think it's really important to help people understand that that we're not calling you as a witness to be a professional evangelist yeah. you know who who can jump up in front of hundreds of people and, and 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 start selling the gospel we're calling you and helping you to live faithfully because only you are surrounded by the people you're surrounded by only you live where you live mm. uh, and your vicar however amazing they might be at witnessing evangelism they're not in your community in your family in the places where you go so there's something about helping people see where you've been planted is where God wants you and helping people to bloom um, in that environment is, is so important. And it's exciting. It really is exciting when you start to change that into... It's, it's You're already doing it. You just do it with a bit more awareness, do it with a bit more light, do it with a bit more salt. But we need to encourage people more, you know, from the pulpits, things like this and the podcasts, um, to encourage people to do that. So... Your courses that you offer, um, I know you're having a fallow year this year, um, but could you just tell us a little bit about what kind of, if people are interested in, in this don't know where to start, in being more of a witness or sort of taking maybe a step forward in their Christian life or in the role in, in their church, what can they do if they come on one of your courses? Foundations for Ministry is our kind of um, entry-level course, and that that course is for anyone that, that wants to is thinking about some sense of leadership or some sense of calling to ministry and that doesn't that definitely doesn't just mean ordained ministry that's anyone that feels a sense of i've got gifts i've got a sense of that i've got an inkling of that but i don't quite know how to lift that out i don't quite know where that fits mm. uh, and that course is is a wonderful course that just gives people space to to unpack that but i was loving what you were saying earlier about in the sense of you almost have to convert yourself first yeah <laughs> yeah it has to begin with you because you know if, if you yourself have have I've not been converted or convinced of this amazing God that, that, that loves you and cares for you. It's going to be really difficult for you to, to witness and tell other people about that. So the Foundations course really allows you that time for you to go on that journey, for you to convince yourself um, to, to get away from being Christians Anonymous. But it, it does, it has to start with us and we need space to do that and we need space for people to journey and to ask difficult questions and to ask all the questions that seem silly. Mm. Um, so the course really, as much as I'd like to think the way that it's structured and the content that I spend hours of pouring over is the most amazing stuff ever written, <laughs> actually what always comes out of it is people journeying together, sharing their stories, their ups and downs, getting to know each other um, and the course really the, the, the topics just become discussion points but really it's about as we said before that that building that sense of confidence or courage that confidence in God that courage in self to give it a go and it really just provides you know a kind of environment that Jesus did with his disciples you know Jesus didn't do a specialist course with a with a specialist degree at the end of it he lived life with a group of people very intensively and they talked about what they experienced and they gave it a go and they completely messed up royally and then they came back and they discussed why and so the, hopefully the course uh, the foundations course certainly is providing an environment where people can just come and be real and honest and work it through and towards the end of the course hopefully have a little bit more understanding of uh, of who they are where they're planted and how they're called to minister mm. about a quarter of people do go on to some kind of 
of ordained or official ministry. But the vast majority of people leave the course realising, actually, I am a minister. I am ministering and I am witnessing, yeah. but they do it with new eyes. And that's really exciting, I think, that the majority of people don't go on to anything else, but they re-see what they have been doing as something completely different. You'll be able to find the uh, link to the Foundations for Ministry course in your email that we send out each month. Obviously, mine and your roles cross over a little bit um, at the diocese, Jamie. My role is to do social media um, and I spend a lot of time broadcasting the messages of the diocese out there. Now, when we first met, um, you weren't all that keen on social media and we had a, um, a good sort of battle of wills about, I think it's important that people get online and talk about their faith. You weren't convinced. Can you tell us why that is and what you think now? Yeah, no, no, you're right. Part of the course that we look at is is social media as part of the world that we live in. And, and as part of being witnesses, as part of being real Christians, we, we have to understand the context in which we live. And social media, whether we like it or not, is, is a huge part of that. And for a lot of people, that is part of their world. So um, there was sections on the course that delved into that. But as you saw when you when I showed them to you, they were a little more on the negative side. <laughs> um, you know, I think I'd really seen social media as, as, as some kind of form of social evil, really, mm. um, which may sound a bit heavy, but, you know, I'd had a lot of experience when I was a chaplain working in a college that so many of our issues between students were to yeah. do with social media and mm -hmm. falling out and people putting stuff on, and we were spending so much time trying to... Well, we couldn't police it, that was the thing, so how do you work with it? So some of the materials I looked at uh, and we discussed with people tended to go towards the side that that social media is a bit of a problem social media is is, a, is something we need to get people off uh, and and yeah really i hadn't really had a kind of redemptive experience or, or positive experience of it which was why when you started i kind of said can can you have a look at these materials and I, i'm aware they probably need a different a different perspective <laughs> They were quite frightening, and I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Mainly because of the imagery that Jamie had used some very scary pictures. Um, and you're not wrong, you're not wrong. Um, but I, I genuinely think that social media is a neutral tool. It's um, it's like anything, you can use it for good or you can use it for evil. It's about the person that wields it that's important. And as I'm sure a lot of people are aware, the the world of social media can be an incredibly negative place and full of all sorts of unpleasant behavior and language and fake news and all sorts of things however if uh we as christians aren't on there um witnessing being christ online effectively if we're not doing that then i think we're failing our communities and we're failing our friends and families as well because we are not there trying to put that positive message out into the world um because Let's face it, I think, you know, something like 80% of the population have some sort of social media in their hand, in their phone at all times. So if, if we're not talking to them on there, which is where they now get most of their news from and do most of their communicating, then they're not seeing us and they're not hearing our messages and not hearing the good news. So as as scary as a world as it is uh, for, for us to wade into, and I do uh, agree with you, it can be a really negative place. I think it's it's part of the challenge of being a Christian is that we have to go into those dark and difficult places and social media, unfortunately, is one of them. Uh, and that's where I spend my days and years. <laughs> yeah, and it was so good hearing that different perspective and and I don't think I understood, understood just what an important part it plays in people's lives. And therefore, in terms of witness, in terms of reaching people, 
you know, it, it really is a platform in which you can engage with people. And it was really helpful for me to understand more about the different ways you can do that and the opportunities for doing that. And for me to begin to see, um, you know, it, it is an area like any other that, that can have pros and cons, but God is this amazing God that asks us to, to redeem things and, and to bring salt and light to things. And I think social media is, is definitely, you know, I'm a convert in that sense now. You uh, you won me round in that sense. <laughs> and and I've begun to use it a lot more in the work and bring a different perspective to it and, and the courses that you've been running. But it is about demystifying it, trying a few things, learning how to use them. I think that's it. When you don't mm. know how to use it, it's a bit scary. But I guess... If Christians had said when the printing press came out, oh, this well, this isn't a good thing, I don't think we should, we're not going to be producing Christian <laughs> materials on this or printing Bibles. Um, you know, and I people think... did. People did at the time. Yeah. I remember st- I studied this in history and people thought, you know, this is this is a terrible thing. You know, people are going to lose, people who do beautiful handwritten books are going to lose their jobs. And there's always, there's always a conflict when new technologies come in. But it is an opportunity uh, to be an evangelist, I, I think. I know some people who um, blog about their ordination journeys. We have a blog at, at the diocese. Of, of some of our ordinance write about the ups and downs of that experience. Um, so you get some realistic points of view as well. I think that's really important mm-hmm. because people are now being a lot more open online. And then sometimes now more willing to share things with strangers than they would with people they know. And this goes back to what we were saying about telling somebody in church or that mm. you sit next to your story and actually some people are now pouring their hearts and souls out online and this is an opportunity for us to look after them and care for them in that space where they're being where they feel comfortable being open and honest and telling the truth um when they might not be able to actually say it to your face um so that's an opportunity i think which kind of brings us to our actions oh yes hannah what we having what you suggesting for people this month so, because we've been thinking a little bit about those those layers of challenge that we can maybe experience when we're thinking about sharing our story and what it means to work out for ourselves what our story is, we are going to have a, a layered set of challenges that you might want to take on. So the first one would be to think through what your story of faith is. What are you witnessing to for yourself? Uh, maybe try to write it down um, to give a bit of an idea of um, of where you can map it. Um, from its beginning to now um, and spend some time thanking God for what God has done. So maybe that would come under what Eve um, mentioned earlier, which is basically witnessing to yourself. And then if you feel able, share that story with a Christian, someone that you know and trust or maybe someone that you don't know so well at church. Um, um, ha- try and find an opportunity to share your story of faith with a Christian. Um, and then if you feel able, see if you can find an opportunity to share that story with a non-Christian. Um, maybe someone who is a friend of yours um, but doesn't really know much about your faith because um, really you're sharing part of yourself with them. It's an opportunity to deepen your relationship with that person, sharing that part of your life that maybe you haven't felt brave enough to before. And then finally, um, if it's right for you um, and if you feel able to, maybe try and share that story on social media. Um, you may even find that easier than sharing it in person with a non-Christian, but it would be a great opportunity um, to encourage each other as well um, to see those stories of faith online. So let us know how you get on with all of those. It'd be brilliant to hear um, which ones of those challenges you decided to take on this month um, and where they led you. And, um, you know, we're all failing upwards with this. So we learn from the things that go wrong um, and we'd love to encourage each other with that as well. Thank you for listening to More Than Sunday. We'll be back next month when our theme will be community.